0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the flagship episode of Violet's Dad's podcast. That's right; it's the very first episode. I'm Violet's dad. Uh, Violet is my four-year-old daughter. We're going to check in with her in a couple of minutes here in a little segment I like to call Violet's Corner. I will spend five or ten minutes with her and see what's what's new in Violet's world, what she's thinking about, and then we'll get on to um, you know some some sports today. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, so I want to talk to you guys about what's been going on with the Indians. Pitching staff is in a little bit of turmoil right now. Uh, you yeah. know, things have happened over the last couple of weeks to uh, kind of put the put a couple of guys in the news. We want to talk about that. I want to get into Brown's training camp. They've had some major injuries already. Some very, you know, some pretty bad news coming out of Berea. Uh, maybe we'll talk about a couple of replacements in that defensive secondary. And I'd also like to talk to you guys about something that's been kind of thrust into the forefront here in baseball as well in the last week or so. Baseball's infamous unwritten rules. Uh, are they antiquated? I mean, is it old-fashioned? Is it time to move on? Do we follow those things like gospel? Do we amend them? What do we do? Uh, we're going to talk about that all ahead right after uh, Violet's Corner here on Violet's Dad's Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Violet's Dad's Podcast. I am Violet's Dad. I have Violet with me. Say hi, Violet. Hi. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Hey, we, uh, this is the first episode of Violet's Dad's Podcast. We just, um, you know, I, I I don't know. We, we want to just kind of catch up with Violet for a minute and kind of see how she's been doing, how her summer's been going. So. Uh,
1: I haven't been playing outside yet.
0: <laughs> why have you not been playing outside?
1: Because it's been too hot.
0: It's been too hot. It has been a little hot. It was like a thousand degrees a couple weeks ago. Remember that?
1: Yeah, that is right.
0: Whew, we walked outside and we melted. Remember my hair melted right off my head?
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that.
0: Luckily, it grew back. Uh, what else have you been doing this summer? I mean, we've been playing. We just we haven't been outside much, but we do have uh, we have a new swing set. That's been kind of fun, right?
1: Yeah. There's a baby swing and then another swing and the little hand thing you can put your hands on and swing on. Oh, and there's a climb up fly so you can get to the top of the swing set. And there's a little lemonade stand, but no flip-flops on the, like, climb-up thing. Oh, and there's a slide so you can slide down. It's really cool and really fast. Pretty when cool. When you put water on it, it's like... And
0: we're going to Crisco that thing up pretty soon, and we're going to shoot off it. You might shoot into the neighbor's yard.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> They'd be like, watch out! Look daddy. out below! Yeah, i will be like, look out below! <laughs> and they would be like, Violet, what are you doing here? Uh, they'll get to slide up so I can, uh, you know, go super fast.
0: Maybe they'll get a swing set with a slide facing back the other way so you can come shooting back into our yard when you're done.
1: Yeah. Well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, and maybe they'll grease it up too.
0: Maybe, maybe. What else we've done? I mean, we, we've done some other things this summer. What else have we done? Well, uh, what's been your favorite thing that we've done this summer so far?
1: Uh, watching... The new PJ Mask is super long. They lose their powers and get the back.
0: Pretty cool. Spoiler alert, by the way. Spoiler, if you're going to watch PJ Mask, the new one, the super long one, spoiler alert back to about 30 seconds ago.
1: Oh, and I have my toe stuck in the cord.
0: You have your toe stuck in the cord? That's a fun summer activity. Hang on one <laughs> second. Let's get your toe out of the cord. Oh, there we go. Whew, free toes.
1: Yeah, free toes.
0: Unzip, unlace. <laughs> fritos are good
1: oh yeah fritos i'll eat
0: some fritos right now but we don't have any do you see any fritos no nah, i got nothing me either what are you gonna do you know you can't always have fritos
1: yeah it's not really healthy for you anyways
0: why do all those snacks and you know doritos fritos tostitos why is that and is that because they want us to see them in the store and be like i'd eat those i'd eat those is that why do you think that's why I think so. That must be why. It's a marketing thing. I'd eatos. Doritos. Fritos. Tostitos. That's probably enough of that.
1: Um, I like the one that has little sides and some don't.
0: The one that has little sides and some don't? Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: I think you're talking about Tostitos. The ones that, like, some of them are kind of flat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like those ones.
0: You like the flat ones? Uh They're easier to eat. Yeah. Sometimes the scoops, it's like trying to eat a whole bowl of something. That's kind of tough. You ever stick a whole bowl in your mouth at the same time? It's not. It doesn't really work out that well.
1: I did once.
0: You you did? You stuck a whole bowl in your
1: mouth? Once.
0: I was not here for that. Tell me about how that went down.
1: Or maybe zero times.
0: Maybe zero times. Maybe less than once. We rounded up to one, but it was actually zero times. That's okay. Sometimes you round up just to make your point.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no big deal. And... Daddy, you have something to say?
0: Do I have something to say? I don't know. I mean, it's your show, isn't it? Or is it my show? Is it my show?
1: It's our show. It's
0: our show. I like that. It's our show. Co-ownership. <laughs> um, two
1: girl and daddy show.
0: Wait, who's two girls. Who's the other girl?
1: <laughs> Blanky. Oh,
0: Blankie. I forgot about Blankie. Uh, so does that mean Hi. that we are going to share the cost to host the podcast then between you and I? Are you paying for half of that?
1: Hang on. I need to get up.
0: Yeah, you were kind of falling there. Whoa. <laughs> Where are you going? I You better stay on the saddle, kiddo. You're gonna fall off. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to the important issues. Um, we're splitting the cost of this, right? You're gonna you're gonna pay for half of this. Yep. No answer. Oh, we yes. Oh, wow. I got a commitment. Okay, good, good. Um, I have my first Patreon member right here. I have my first uh, my first active income. It's my daughter That's that's great That's great news
1: I don't really know anything yet <laughs>
0: She doesn't know that much I, I think she doesn't quite Give herself enough credit When she says She doesn't know anything I mean she knows some stuff
1: I'm only four
0: She is only four That's true And I'm only 41 So I barely know anything um, I don't know that much more Than you believe it or not
1: All I know Is how to record a podcast All you By know, talking a lot
0: By talking a lot that's, that's what I plan on doing. Okay, stop whispering. That's creepy. Hey, don't. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're, get your mouth on my mic. Get off my microphone. <laughs> oh, boy. She's got the giggles now. You got to watch out for this. This usually progresses into the hiccups, which evolves into someone throwing up or spitting milk all over the kitchen. That's happened. Those are true things that, that happen. With One my time,
1: lives. my little brother, Sal, threw up.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, yep, yeah, that that's that's true. That's that's true. One time he threw up.
1: On the couch and the carpet.
0: Oh man, that stinks, huh? Yeah. What are you gonna do?
1: Especially if it's like how old is he again?
0: he is ten months old.
1: He's ten months old. Or ten months older.
0: Do you know um
1: He's starting to be a toddler.
0: Well he yeah, he's he's getting there. You know a funny story, um, Sal, you said his name is Salvatore, by the way. My son's name is Salvatore. And uh, Violet told us about the time when he threw up on the couch and the carpet. It's wonderful having kids, by the way. It's you get to tell stories about things that get thrown up on or that have been thrown up on. It's, it's fun. Um, do you remember this story? I know you don't remember the moment because you were really, really tiny. But the very, very, very first time that mommy went anywhere when you were a little baby and left me alone with you. Do you remember what you did? Do you remember me telling you the story? No. Okay, so I, I went to change a diaper, which is easy enough, um, in theory, you, you you know, take the old one off, clean up a little bit and put the new one on. No big yeah, deal. That's
1: right? no big deal.
0: Easier. Except
1: for know, the diaper part.
0: Easier things have uh, have been tougher than changing a diaper. But um, yeah, I went to uh, change Violet's diaper and, and right about the same time my wife calls and, you know, just to check in and say, hey, how's everything going? How's, how's the kiddo? I said, everything's fine. You know, my dog was right there. We have a, a little golden retriever, yellow lab mix. And he was, you know, he's, he spends a lot of his time, you know, right beside me. And he, he wants to be where we are a lot. So he was standing beside me when I was changing Violet's diaper. And I, I told my wife, I said, everything's going great. This is fine. Got this handled. I'm a dad. I could do this. Um, you know, passing him master classes over here. And I'm getting my uh, master's degree and being a dad. I'm doing real well. And right about the same time I said, everything was going fine uh violet immediately just suddenly pooped out of nowhere right on the changing pad just all over it and i was like oh my god okay i gotta go i you know she just and then she turns her head and throws up right on the dog's head man right on casper's head just right on we call him bubba We call her dog bubba right on bubba's head and he just didn't even like he barely even flinched like he just looked at me like oh god what do i do what do i do it's warm it's gross it smells bad it's on my head (laughs) poor guy um,
1: you had to take a
0: bath. Yeah, we had to clean him up quite a bit, man. But you, yeah, you threw up right on his head. I mean, it was like amazing. Your aim was amazing, right on top of his head.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Like...
0: Oh, there it is. There's the <laughs> At sound. Least it on At least it wasn't on
1: Blanky.
0: At least it wasn't on Blanky. That's true. If you're gonna throw up, I guess throw up on the dog is the lesson here. Yeah, because <laughs> you can always throw the dog in the wash, right? Oh wait, no, wait. That's blanky. We could, we could throw blanky in the wash. We can't throw the dog in the wash. Don't th- don't put your dog in the wash. I didn't say that. Don't put your dog in the wash. Yeah, that's not something we advocate. Blanky. No, I, Violet and I would both uh, strongly disagree with throwing your dog in the wash. That's a bad plan. Yeah,
1: I would never do that.
0: No, we don't mama. do that. Yeah, we don't do that.
1: And now I'm four years, old, so I know now to not throw up
0: on my dog. Yeah, but when you were three, you thought it was still okay to throw up on your dog. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. When you're four, you learn don't throw up on dogs. We love our dog, huh? Yeah. He's a good boy.
1: Now, I have one more thing to say. Okay, well, go ahead. Before we end the podcast.
0: Okay, well, go ahead. We're not really going to end the podcast. We're just going to end our section of the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. That's fine.
1: I think it's okay to throw up on your dog. Maybe. Maybe. I'll think about it.
0: <laughs> She'll think about it. And in episode two, we will revisit the topic. Is it okay to throw up on your dog?
1: We will see you
0: tomorrow on Violet's in Days podcast. Uh, now, tomorrow is is a tall order. This may not be a daily podcast because that would um that would be an immense amount of work for me. I don't know if Violet's going to do the audio editing that it takes to do a daily podcast. Uh, but we will probably see you next week for sure. I mean, we plan on uh, you know at least dropping weekly episodes, maybe every other week, depending on how things mm-hmm. go. Stuff gets busy sometimes, right? Yeah. But yeah, we plan to have plenty of good content for you. We'll do this at the beginning of every show. We'll have, uh, you know, five or ten minutes of, of Violet and myself kind of catching up. And we'll get a little glimpse of what's going on in her life and what's going on inside her head. Because I, I, I promise you, it's it's entertaining and it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. And uh, we hope you like listening to, um, you know, we'll call that Violet's Corner. We'll call our first five or ten minutes of uh, of every episode Violet's Corner. And when Salvatore gets old enough, we'll do this with him, too. How's that sound? Yeah, i and We'll
1: say... Sal and Violet's Corner.
0: Sal and Violet's Corner.
1: Yep, that's what we'll call it. Now we have to go and listen to our own podcast.
0: Yeah, we're going to go listen to our voices, which, as you know, if you've ever heard your own voice, is extremely annoying. Do you like the sound of your voice when you hear it? Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. You should get used to that. A lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice. I've had to talk so much lately, I'm kind of getting used to mine. But, yeah, a lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice. So if you like your own voice, that's a good step, kiddo. I think you have a great voice. Now
1: we
0: have to listen to our
1: own podcast.
0: All right. Well, thank everybody. Podcast, podcast, podcast. 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 Thank everybody for listening to you.
1: Episode one.
0: Or just say episode one. That's fine, too. But you got to thank everybody for listening.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: All right. Welcome. Uh, that was, um, that was a little section. I think I'm going to call Violet's corner. A little, uh, just, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes, you know, every time I record, uh, just with, uh, you know, uh, Violet to, to kind of catch up and see what she's doing. Um, I'm, I'm Violet's dad. This is my podcast. It's Violet's dad's podcast. Uh, this is the part of, uh, the show where I kind of talk about things that, um, you know, maybe that some adults want to hear about. Um I mean, I don't know, maybe you want to hear what's going on with my daughter. I don't know. Maybe you do. That's fine if you do. Uh she's pretty exciting. She's fun. She likes to be silly and and that's always a good time. But um you know, I, I I'm I'm based in Cleveland. I I, I want to kind of I guess get into some some local things first. Um so for the first episode of the show, uh you know, I I, I want to talk to you about um, you know, there, there's some stuff going on right now with, with the Indians. Um, baseball team's having some issues. Uh, and it's it's more than just, you know, leaving runners on base and, and not being able to get the big hit. Um, you know, timely hitting has been a problem for sure. Uh, they've been getting some great starting pitching, uh, some really, really good outings uh, from starters. It seems like for the past, you know, I, I don't know, three or four seasons, uh, it, it just seems like everything... Cleveland touches, uh, they're King Midas. I mean, every pitching project turns into just pure gold, uh, Shane Bieber, you know, uh, Corey Kluber. I mean, these guys, you know, it's endless. Mike Clevenger, you know, Zach, please Um, they they just come from Tristan McKenzie. They come from nowhere. Uh, these guys are, uh, you know, Adam Plutko. I mean, it's, it's endless. The number of guys that aren't really, you know, initially thought of as, as being, you know, top flight prospects, um, at least outside the organization, obviously inside the organization, uh, you know, they, they, saw something in, 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 all these guys. And, uh, the development has been off the charts the last three or four years, as far as pitching goes, um, you know, at least the, the physical act of, uh, you know, getting, getting hitters out, but there is a little bit of a problem here lately. Um, you know, we we live in a, a different environment right now uh, with COVID nineteen. Everything's just a little bit. Um, you know, things are they they've been off for about a half a year now, and um, some people are on edge. Some people don't know what to think. You know, it's got people just you know at other people's throats. I mean, people are arguing about this. People are, you know, mask no mask. Uh, you know, pandemic no pandemic. Uh, people are, are are highly emotional and, and I guess you know that that comes with you know a huge change i mean everybody's going through a change. i know that sometimes we think that um major leaguers are immune to that change uh, because you know they they make a lot of money and they have fame and everybody knows who they are thousands sometimes millions of followers on instagram or whatever it is um you know these these guys are i think they're they're prone to the same problems that we are um no one likes to have their their routine upset uh, i suppose there are some people that that do embrace that uh that change and 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 welcome that adversity um and that's you know something is to be said for that i mean that's that's where some people do shine i mean you you know you don't really know what you're capable of until you're tested for sure uh but i think this is is something different this is like you know you don't really know where the end of the tunnel is here there there's I don't want to say there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I don't want to sound like it's hopeless, but it, it sometimes it feels like it could never end. Um, you know, and our lives are, are completely turned upside down. I mean, our, our kids are in school, they're out of school, they're, they're being homeschooled. Um, you know, it seems like one minute, you know, it's, it's perfectly safe to go get takeout food. Uh, but you know, five minutes later, I, I can't be inside that same building anymore and I, and I get that, you know, we're trying to keep people, you know, isolated and, and quarantined to a certain point uh, to where it's not, you know, large groups of people to pass on the virus. But there's just a lot of misinformation, I think, from from all sides. And it, it confuses everybody a little bit. And, and it's it's, you know, it's not just. You and me and, and and our families at home. I mean, it's it's uh, even a major league clubhouse, and obviously the Indians had a little bit of a, a situation where two of their pitchers, uh, Mike Clevenger and Zach, please went out uh, while the team was in Chicago. Uh, if if by some chance you, you don't, you know, already know what happened, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give you a quick rundown. You can certainly, you know, go online and look up the the finer details of it, but uh, you know, Zach, please Zach is, is from the Chicago area. So they met up with, uh, I believe some friends of his from, from home and, you know, um, later on in a video that was posted to Instagram and later, uh, deleted, which, you know, I, I don't think that's ever going to be a good move, you know, in the organization's eyes, uh, to, you know, have your, I think it was touted as an apology. It ended up being more of a, um, a uh, plea of defense. I think it was almost like a, a closing argument, you know, in, in a court case. Um, but I think, you know, Plesak felt a little bit attacked and and I think he just wanted to get his, his side of the the argument out there a little bit. Um, you know, he just kind of, I don't know. But to get back to my main point, I, I guess I want to stay on track. Uh, these two went out, uh, met up with some of Plesak's friends and uh, claimed that they stayed, you know, fairly socially distanced, which, you know, I don't know if they did or not. I mean, I wasn't there. I can't, I can't really, you know, pass blame on on that end of it. Um, But I think the thing that bothers people a little bit, like I said, the the video on Instagram wasn't a good look. I don't think the organization is ever going to be a fan of that. Any organization uh, you talk about any of the major professional sports, um, you know, usually you want to keep those kinds of things in house. And I think it says a lot that some of that stuff did bubble and leak out, uh, as to just how inflammatory these guys' actions were, uh, at least to their teammates. And I, and I know that a lot of fans have been on Twitter, uh, letting, you know, either guy know or, or Instagram, whatever, you know, whatever social media platform you want to pick, uh, kind of letting these guys know what they think. And, um, some people are really, really unhappy with them. And I think that, uh, you know, the initial action isn't as much of the problem as when you start to look at the layers of it and, and obviously the Indians have a guy and, and Carlos Carrasco who, um, you know, just a very recent leukemia diagnosis and, and he's, he's fighting that battle. And that's, um, you know, that's a battle that you continue to fight and and his immune system is going to be uh weakened uh, for, you know, multiple reasons. And, and, and for those guys, I think, uh, that's a lot of people's point of contention. I mean, these guys went out and, you know, possibly expose themselves to a virus that, uh, yeah, you can say what you want. I mean, yeah, if you're young and healthy, you know, you probably have a, a pretty decent shot at, um, you know, possibly being even asymptomatic if you pick this thing up and just running right through, and uh, maybe you feel fine. But you know, I think what people forget to realize is that you know these guys have family members and, uh, in their case, teammates that are you know immunocompromised, and you don't really know. And I know that everybody wants to say, oh, the mortality rate is only, is only, is only. Uh, but don't we owe it to each other to, to be a little bit cautious? I mean, in, in, in this kind of a situation, regardless of what you believe, um, I, I just, you know, I, I have kids, man. I, you know, I obviously, Violet is, is my daughter and I have a son. Uh, his name is Salvatore. He's, he's uh, just I'm almost 11 months old now. He's almost a year old. And I, I just feel like I find myself erring on the side of caution for these things uh because you know we just don't really know um regardless of what you think you know uh you may do all the research in the world and and I've done plenty of it and I still don't know exactly what to think i mean i'm not 100% one side or the other i think sometimes i waver um you know one way i waver the other way the next day i it just it depends on what i hear i try to you know, make sure that I'm vetting my sources. I want to, I want to read things from reputable, you know, um, uh, just outlets. You know, I, I don't want to, to buy into just any random person's video on Facebook and go, Oh, well, you know, that kind of fits my agenda. So I'll I'll just kind of follow them. And, you know, they, they said what I wanted to hear and that makes me feel better. So I'll do that. Or, uh, you know, obviously I don't want to go the other way and be, I don't want to be hundred percent doom and gloom with it. Uh, But I think it is something to, uh, to be careful with. And, and, and like I said, just to, you want to err on the side of caution. And and when you have a, a teammate who, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the results could be catastrophic. Um, I think people are a a little more upset than uh, just with the original action. I think people are upset with Mike Clevenger and the way he handled this. Uh, You know, they had a team meeting guys were kind of, you know, airing their laundry a little bit, you know, letting, letting please Zach have it because it was, it was known at that time that he had gone out and, uh, it was not known to the rest of the team that, that Mike Clevenger was with him. And here's Sat Clevenger in a team meeting, you know, and and I wasn't there, you know, uh, to be a fly on the wall, man, it would have been interesting to hear just some of the points of view, um, you know, of some of the guys, because I'm sure that again, I mean, like we talk, I'm sure there were guys on both sides of this that, you know, Wanted to forgive them. Uh, you know, no big deal. Hey, they were careful, this and that, whatever. They say they were careful, they were careful. We believe them. And there were a few guys, you know, Adam Plutko in particular, that were very, very upset um, with the two of these guys. And I think that people, a lot of people, myself included, I I, I was more disappointed in what Mike Clevenger did uh, to to lie to the team. And then to, you know, to know that it was a concern uh, that these two were possibly exposed and then coming back to the team and then, you know, to lie about it and then to fly home with the team. I mean, to me, that was just so reckless. And and I know that, you know, younger people make mistakes. Sometimes you you err in judgment. You don't know what to do in the moment. You make a decision and it's, you know, a quick last second decision and you got to go one way or the other. And it's tough sometimes to own up. But I, I think that's a situation where, where Clevenger should have owned up, um, you know, and you can agree or disagree with me on that. Uh, you know, I I don't think. You know, we don't need to roast the guy. I think everybody's made it obvious, you know, obviously known how they feel about it. Uh, Same with Zach Plesak. I mean, just uh, yesterday, the Indians uh, informed Plesak that they just, you know, currently don't have, you know, they don't have an opportunity for him at the major league level. And you can say that's because of, you know, other pitching performances. I mean, I you know, Tristan McKenzie made his uh, start the other night. Six innings, I think he gave up one run. Uh, And like I said, it just everything the indians touch pitching wise just turns to gold so it's not necessarily a huge problem uh, you know for the indians to be looking at hey we've got you know six major league caliber starting pitchers uh somebody's the odd man out you know and i don't think please did himself any favors with the instagram video i just you know uh like i said it's just not a good look um I know that some of the stuff, you, like I said, you want to keep the stuff in house. Some of that stuff did leak out of that team meeting. Uh, I think that's going to happen in a situation like this. But um, I'm, I'm sure the Indians and, and Chris Antonetti and, and anybody else that you ask in the Indians organization, uh, I, I'm sure they would have preferred that please Zach uh, just kind of keep his thoughts and, you know, and his explanation to himself. I mean, that's that's something that could have come out in time. Um, but you know, in the heat of the moment, I think you want to kind of let things run their course and, and, uh, just show like a, you know, a really humble, apologetic attitude to your teammates, to your organization, to, um, to the, you know, to Terry Francona, I mean, the coaching staff, I, everybody, you know, I, I think you, you owe everybody an apology at that point and it's okay to be contrite and, 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 you know, to admit that you've made a mistake and apologize and move on. And and I think that's, um, you know, I'm sure they're, they're in the, the, final stages of, of you know, moving on from this. I don't think it's something that's going to linger forever. Um, but, you know, it may end up in, in, in a trade for a guy like Zach Pleszak. I mean, um, you know, the Indians are a small to mid-market team anyway. I, I You know, who knows? I mean, Clevenger and Pleszak could have ended up traded in, in two to three seasons anyway. Um, it's hard to say, you, you know, with uh, the way that the Indians are, are kind of forced to do business uh, for being a small to mid-market team. You know, these things do happen. I mean, I, you, you've seen it. I mean, I traded away back to back, you know, and back to back seasons, Traded away two Cy Young Award winners and Sabathia and Cliff Young. So, I mean, they're, they're not opposed to trading away pitching, even when they're not completely inundated with starting pitching. Um, you've got to be a little bit creative in, in this kind of a market. So um, does this lead to a trade for Clevenger? Please, Zach, you know, please. looks like he's the odd man out for now. Um injuries happen. That's the thing about baseball. I mean, it's even in a short season, you're gonna have, you know, someone's gonna go down. Uh, so I think the important thing for Zach Plesac is to uh, like I said, just remain contrite, keep your head down, do your work. Um, you know, try to try to just learn a lesson from this. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. Period. You know, everyone makes mistakes. Some are, you know, more magnified than others because they're unfortunately in the public spotlight. They're all over social media, uh, they're all over Sports Center, they're all over Fox Sports, they're all over MLB network uh talk radio everywhere. You know, I, I can make a mistake in my daily life and, you know, my wife may get upset with me or my daughter may not, you know, she might not talk to me for a half hour or whatever. But, you know, later that day everybody's fine. I mean, I I'm I'm forgiven and I don't have to read, you know, fifteen thousand tweets about it. I'm not trending on Twitter um for, you know, not doing the dishes or something. So it I I think that um not that I'm comparing what they did to not doing the dishes. I mean I'm I'm sure my wife would, you know, tell you that it's, it's a travesty. If I don't do the dishes, um, she does everything around the house. I mean, I'm sure she wants me to do as much as I can. Uh, she's amazing. I have no idea how she even keeps up with all the work around here, but, uh, not comparing the two, just saying that, you know, people make mistakes, people do things, people skip over things, people, you know, just completely, you know, do reckless things every day in life. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, they're not always magnified in social media. (laughs) Um, you know, these, these two are all over the place right now. And I think it's, it's easy to pile on. Um, but you know, I, I'm sure that they have learned their lesson. I'm sure that they feel sorry about what they've done. And if not, that's something that the Indians will handle internally. Uh, it's not really up to us as fans, you know, to, to hand down those, those indictments and those punishments. So, um, of course we're entitled to our opinions. Everybody's entitled to their opinion and your opinion is what your opinion is. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to hear it. I, I you know, I'm always curious if you guys want to, uh, tweet at me, uh, you can always do that. I, I don't have a show Twitter account yet, but I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at real Chad, Brian. Uh, I'm, I'm not too difficult to find on there, but yeah, I mean, let me know what your opinion is on this. I mean, uh, you, you know, is Clevenger the odd man out? Is police act the odd man out? Uh, do they both stay long term? Are they both gone? Uh, you know, what's going to happen with this and how do you feel? What's your opinion? I mean, do you, can you ever trust these guys again? If you're a teammate, of Mike Clevenger and Zach, please do you ever really trust these guys? Yeah. Um, can you give Clevenger the ball in a game seven of a series? I mean, it, you know, do you feel like he has the best interest of the team at heart? I mean, I, you know, where are you at on that? I'm, I'm curious to hear where you guys are um, on that. And that's something that's, yeah, it's going to work itself out over time. And, you know, uh, and I, speaking of time, boy, the, the Browns, uh, it's going to take some time for them to heal from some major, major injuries. I want to get into training camp a little bit, uh, I had hoped to be a little more excited about this, but wow, I mean that's um, the story coming out of Berea has been just uh, injuries, injuries, injuries. Uh, you know Mac Wilson with the knee, I, I'm still not 100% sure um, you know exactly what's going on with him. I know we hyperextended it. The video did not look good. Um, you know, I still I saw a still picture. At first, and, you know, you you hope for the best. Uh, But then when you see the video, you realize that. um, Oh, my goodness. That just I feel for a guy like Mac Wilson. I feel like he was, you know, I I hope he was ready to turn a corner. And now we, you know, we won't see that until probably 2021. I'm hoping he can avoid surgery uh, if there's any way possible to have him back out there at the, you know, for the second half of the season or even four to six games, whatever it is. Uh, would be great to see him back on the field. I feel like he was making some strides. Um, And, uh, you know, on top of that, I mean, the Browns just don't really have any linebackers. I mean, you've got Sione Takitaki and not many other guys in that linebacking core with any real, you know, time to write home about in the NFL as far as, you know, games played, games started, uh, any real contributions. Uh, But, you know, that's what happens in football. I mean, sometimes guys get injured and and it gives another guy, you know, a chance to shine and, and we'll see what happens. I'm sure the the Browns are are looking, you know, for a little bit of help at that position. But then again, you know, it, it's not something that I've heard much about. Um, I, I just don't know where they're looking for linebacker, where you even go. I mean, who's got a linebacker available right now? I mean, you do hear about trades, you know, at this time of the season, but you know, something that, um, uh things are unsure right now everyone's unsure about you know what's going to happen uh as far as the season we you know we could come out and play three nfl weeks and the season could get shut down so it seems like you know any trade would be very um i don't want to say wasted but you know you could give up valuable pieces for a guy that you may only have for um for one year guaranteed he signed somewhere else and then you've well you know you've given away those pieces for three games of a guy at a position that you know, he may never really fully settle into. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of trades we're going to look at. I mean, that's that's something with baseball I'll get into later. Uh, I want to talk about the trade deadline also, um, you know, in, in baseball coming up here. And I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it just, you know, with everything being so uncertain, uh, I, I feel like, you know, big names aren't going to move in either sport, but we'll talk about that later. I want to get back to the Browns. Uh, because unfortunately, that wasn't it. I mean, you, you know, Nick Chubb started out with, you know, he, he was in the concussion protocol and he's been released from the protocol now. And I think he's practicing normally. But, uh, you know, that's that's a scary thing. You've got, you know, maybe a top three back in the NFL uh, almost day one, you know, goes down with a concussion. And you know how concussions can be a lingering thing, especially with, you know, the NFL and these teams, uh, medical staffs paying, you know, much, much closer attention. And just the last couple of years, I can really keep a guy out for extended periods of time. I mean, ask Denzel Ward. You know what they can do. Um, You know, it's 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 unfortunate, but you know, hopefully he'll be okay and he'll be able to contribute at a high level. Because I I think a lot of people are expecting, you know, close to MVP type numbers for Nick Chubb in this offense, especially with a guy, you know, in Kareem Hunt who who is there in in year two to help, and, and just a new offense coming in again. I mean, I know it's. Wow. I mean, how many times have we said it now? Oh, uh, well, we've got a new coach, a new system, new offensive court. I, they're they're going to come in and fix things. Um, you know, I think a lot of that, there is some truth to that. Uh, I, I think there are going to be some things that that get fixed. I think the Browns are, are going to find an identity. Uh, I can say this because it's my first time on a podcast, but you, you, the thing that you don't know is I've been saying this for the past 10 or 11 years. The Browns finally found an identity with whoever enter the coach. It doesn't matter. Just put in a name. Um, I try to be an optimist about these things. I try to err on the side of optimism, man. I really do. Um, but I'm excited about Kevin Stefanski and his staff. Uh, you know, one of the things that, um, and and obviously we can get into, you know, Kevin Johnson came down with a lacerated liver. I mean, that's terrible luck. Uh, I saw he was out at practice yesterday, walking around on the field. So it's good to see him released from the hospital and out around the team again. Uh, I don't know his timeline for return offhand, uh, but man, a lacerated liver, Sounds just awful. Um, and just an, unf- I, like I said, he, you know, he, someone fell on him at practice. I mean, just an unfortunate, unlucky, you know, wrong place, wrong time uh, type, type of injury. And, and that's a really tough one. And, and, you know, obviously Grant Delpit hurt too, uh, rookie safety. Another area where the Browns just don't have a ton of depth on uh, that defensive secondary. When, uh, when Delpit tore his Achilles the other day. You know, you've got to think that now the Browns are are, are starting to really look. Um, you've got to pick something. You've got to either that defensive secondary or that linebacking core. You've got to address, I, I think, immediately. Um, and I know I'm a little bit all over the place here, but uh, I, I think that there are some guys to go to. I mean, where, where do the Browns really look to replace uh, Grant Delpit? I mean, I know that you don't exactly know what kind of um, – production you were going to get out of a rookie i mean a guy coming out of college it's it's a complete wild card um you know there were people that felt that he was an absolute steal for the browns uh and then there were people who they you know he was drafted where he was drafted for a reason i you know he, he his game has some holes uh but you know we'll see uh hopefully he can make a full recovery at least you know just physically and get back onto the field next year uh achilles is a really really tough injury but you know, I, do you look at a guy like Earl Thomas? Is he too risky? Um, you know, he's a guy who who signed with Baltimore and it was a, a big flag. It was like, oh, here comes, man, this Baltimore defense. I mean, now they're, you know, they're already good. Now they're great. Uh, he just never really fit in there. And, you know, apparently on the field, off the field, just kind of did his own thing. Uh, never really showed any interest in being part of the team. And I don't know that that's where the Browns are right now. Um, I don't think they're in a position where they can take a chance on a guy like that. Uh, just with all the unrest uh, over the last two or three seasons on the coaching staff and, you know, in the the position rooms uh, and meetings, I just think that to bring a guy in right now, like Earl Thomas, um, you know, yes, he's a good player, uh, physically a great player on the field. Uh, I don't know if he's the right fit for the Browns. Uh, So what about Logan Ryan? I mean, look at a guy like Logan Ryan. uh, It's it's puzzling to me and maybe it's because of, uh, you know, just the uncertainty of, of COVID-19 and, um, uh, you know, maybe teams don't want to commit to guys right now, but I mean, other guys have been signed. I, I don't understand why Logan Ryan isn't on a team. Uh, this is he's a versatile defensive back. I know that maybe some teams and, and, and organizations are looking at him as more of a traditional corner, but I think he wants to play a little more of a hybrid kind of a safety hybrid role. um, which in my mind, you know, that that's what he's really good at. I mean, that that's, that's his strength. Uh, if you look at him over the last two years, he's got over 200 tackles, uh, four interceptions, four forced fumbles. And I think all four forced fumbles were last year, 27 passes defended eight and a half sacks. He had, you know, four and a half sacks last year four the year before uh, he, he just, he, he does everything really well. You know, there's, there's not one thing where you look at Logan Ryan and you go, Oh, but you know, he doesn't really come down and, and, and help in the run game or, you know, he can't stay with the defender. I mean, he he's he's a ball hawk. I mean, he he's really comfortable at the safety position. The Browns need a safety. Um, I don't know what would hold this up. I mean, I think Logan Ryan really might be the guy for the Browns. Um, you know, and again, I, I don't know. I'm not a contract guy. I don't know what he's gonna want. Um, you know, and I'm sure you could find that out there. Maybe he's asking for an absolutely ridiculous amount of money. I don't know that. Um, but I think Logan Ryan is a guy that the Browns would have to at least, you know, do some homework on. And I don't, I'm not saying you don't do your homework on Earl Thomas, but I, I think maybe he's a little bit too risky. Um, I know another name that people have, uh, have been mentioning is Brandon Carr. Uh, you know, there, there's an ex Baltimore Raven. Uh, I think that's an advantage right there for the Browns. I mean, he's going to know a little bit about, you know, basic defensive schemes. I mean, he might be able to give you you know, just a heads up, um, you know, Hey, on, you know, third and long, uh, you know, watch out for this disguise, but he he might know some things that could give the Browns a a little bit of a competitive advantage. Um, you know, I, I know that obviously an NFL organization is going to be smart enough to change things around a little bit here and there, but, uh, you know, you don't really go away from your basic identity because a, a guy leaves the team. So, um, you know, Brandon Carr could be a guy that, you know, like I said, just to build an advantage because he's been in Baltimore uh, but he's another guy. He's he's versatile. Uh, I, I think he's a good NFL slot corner. I think he can stay with slot receivers. Um, you know, he's very, very durable. Uh, you know, again, versatile, like I say, can play cornerback or safety. He's never missed a game in 12 years. Uh, so I, obviously he's he's up there in age a little bit, you know, for a, for a guy in the NFL, um, younger than me. I, I'm not trying to say he's old by any means, but uh, he, he's, he is durable. And I think that could be, uh, you know, a good player for the Browns. Um, my personal favorite, and this is Logan Ryan, but another guy, I, you know, just one more guy I've, I've heard the name uh, thrown about a little bit as Clayton gathers. And, and, and to me, I, I think he's a good experienced player. Um, he's an NFL starter. I don't think it goes any further than that. He's not real flashy. Uh, he's not going to get you a bunch of interceptions. He's not going to make a bunch of huge plays, uh, but you know, he's also a guy who's never really out of position uh, terribly always kind of just, you know, you know, he, he just, he does his job on the field. Um, is that so bad to have right now? You know, if you're the Browns, I uh, just to have a guy who, who knows his role and, and can go out and perform and, and play within the parameters of what you're asking him to do and not try to do too much, uh, not overwhelm himself with, you know, trying to play an entire side of the field or anything. I mean, I think he can just go out and, and, and get you a, like i said you can you can get a decent experienced starting cornerback in the NFL and um you know right now I don't know it's what the browns need just some experienced guys uh guys who can go fill some roles because they've got plenty of roles to fill unfortunately uh you know because of a lot of the injuries uh I did say I wanted to talk about the trade deadline at baseball um I, I do want to get into that. I, um, one more Browns note too. I wanted to say, I, I know that, um, I, I, I had mentioned to you, I I'm kind of optimistic and there are reasons that I'm optimistic about this new coaching staff. Uh, one thing that I, I physically didn't notice while I was watching the Browns. Um, I didn't notice the reason for this, I, sh- I should say, but I did notice that when, sometimes when Baker Mayfield would drop back to throw, uh, it, it seemed like when he would initially get, you know, kind of flushed out of the pocket. He was so off balance. He just seemed so, I don't know, out of sorts. Uh, and, and I, I couldn't really put my finger on why, um, you know, I, am more of a baseball guy. I mean, you can give me any baseball film, uh, especially pitchers. I, I was a pitcher for a long, 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 long time, played baseball for a long time. I can break down pitching video. Um, I feel like I can break down holes in guys swings. Um, you know, scouting baseball players is a strength of mine. I think you could you could give me, you know, any video of any pitcher or any hitter, and I can kind of tell you, you know, this may be what they're doing wrong. This may be where their problem lies, uh, whatever it is. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with that. But football, sometimes I can see that there's a problem. I just can't quite break it down to the point where, you know, I know exactly what's causing the issue. Uh, with Baker Mayfield... I think that um like I said, I would watch him and I and I just thought, you know, why is he, why is he off balance? Um, you know, what's wrong? Like, why is he is he out of shape? Is he is he just not I don't know. Um I don't know. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Like I said, I just knew that something was off, you know. Um so back January, I think it was, uh, you know, they're, they're bringing this new coaching staff in and, and Kevin Stefanski had his say and he talked about a couple of things the Browns were going to do. And, you know, at that time they had, um, you know, uh, phew, uh, everybody talked. I mean, Andrew Barry talked, um, everybody was on the mic. Uh, even, even Jimmy Haslam was out there, but the one thing that I caught that was, uh, You know, very intriguing to me that really caught my ear at the time was something that uh, Alex Van Pelt said. Alex Van Pelt is the Browns new offensive coordinator. Uh, He was previously the Cincinnati Bengals quarterbacks coach. Uh, He's, um, you know, kind of tasked with um, coming in and cleaning up what was just an absolute mess um, due to some things that that happened under the previous coaching staff on, on that offense. Uh, I'm not going to get into, you know, the blame game or pointing fingers. I mean, everybody knows if you're a Browns fan, (laughs) I mean, you know how it was last year. It wasn't pretty at times. Um, I think everyone liked Freddie kitchens as a person, Uh, Well, maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of people did. I think the majority of, uh, Browns fans were, were excited when, when kitchens was hired, but it just didn't work out. Um, you know, he was in a little bit over his head, I think on offense and things just were, uh, at best disjointed, you know, all year long. And something that Alex Van Pelt said was something so simple, but it, it, it caught my ear because right away I thought, oh, that's that's the thing that I saw that was off. So Van Pelt had noticed that um, when Baker Mayfield takes a snap, he's dropping back with his left foot first, and he's a right-handed quarterback. Um, so he's coming back with his non-throwing foot, uh, his, his opposite side foot, and it just gives him like a, an extra half a step, you know, three quarters of a step. Uh, it's just a little bit of a hiccup in that drop back. And I think at times that's what was kind of contributing to him getting out of the pocket in a, in a funny way. He just wasn't really dropping back in a position where if things went hectic or haywire right away, he'd be able to throw. He'd be able to throw the football and get rid of it. And, um, you know, I'm just so curious to see because in the NFL, you know, a half a step, three quarters of a step, whatever it is, uh, whatever that time's out to be quarter of a second, half a second. It's a long time in the NFL. Um, you know, you're not talking about high school or college football where the uh, guys are literally running open, you know, by 12 or 15 yards. And all you have to do is just throw the ball 50 yards. They run under it. It's touchdowns it's fine. It's easy. Um, you know, you have to throw guys open in the NFL and to be able to throw guys open, you gotta be, you know, you got to get into the throwing position, man. You got to drop back and you got to plant the back foot and you got to stick it in the ground and you got to be ready to go. Um, You know, it's, it's a lot of anticipation. And when you can't get back to the spot in time, it throws the whole offense off. I mean, it throws the entire thing off. If one guy, one receiver, you know, is off on his route. Uh, one offensive lineman, you know, misses a block, misses an assignment. You know, if a tailback doesn't stay back to uh, pick up a blitz, I mean, you know, you know, things can go hectic so quickly in football, especially in the NFL, um, that I can see that one step or that half a step, whatever it is, uh, really, really contributing to a, a lot of problems for Baker Mayfield last year. And I think that that's something there's that little footwork thing uh, footwork's so important in the NFL. There's not a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, who doesn't have the natural ability to throw a football, you know, a million yards, Uh, everybody's got a cannon respectively, you know, relatively speaking, I should say, everyone has a cannon. Um, Everyone was, you know, easily the best quarterback on their high school team. Uh, Everyone was easily the best quarterback on their college team. Well, most guys Um, it's debatable, I guess for some, but you know, when you get to the NFL, things start to really even out and the game, happens so much more quickly and it just, you know, it's, it's lightning speed. And and if you're not ready to throw the ball when you need to be ready to throw the ball, it makes a huge difference. It, it absolutely uh, can throw an offense off for an entire year. Uh, you know, and, and I think you saw that. I think you saw, you know, there were rumors that the Browns really, you know, only ever worked on certain plays. They had that first, uh, you know, set scripted, ready to go. The first possession was always crisp Uh, They came out every, almost every game and you'd watch them and you'd go, okay, hey, these guys just put it together, you know, seven plays, 81 yards. There's a touchdown. Perfect. Now we're back. Now here come the Browns. Here comes Baker Mayfield, OBJ. Here come these guys. We're fine. We got Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb. This is what they should look like. And then for the rest of the game, they look completely lost. Um, You know, so there were some rumors around that, uh, that, you know, the Browns really only had that first uh, set scripted, that first possession, and then after that, it was just sort of like, OK, that's it. You guys are all on your own. I mean, just, you know, let's figure this out. And I mean, we're, we're just going to you know, we're going to madden it. We're going to we got six plays on the screen. We'll call one, you know. Um, so I think that Van Pelt, you know, noticing something like uh, Baker Mayfield's footwork to me was that was like comforting to me. You know, I I, I heard him say that. And I thought, again, I thought that that's the thing I saw Like when Baker Mayfield would like get the snap and he's off balance and falling out of the pocket and couldn't get outside. And he's not a fast guy anyway. I mean, he's not going to be one of the fastest quarterbacks or, you know, uh, one of the fastest players in the league by any means at all. Uh, You know, he's not the slowest either, but he just wasn't, couldn't get out of the pocket, couldn't move, couldn't even get into a position where he was able to throw. I mean, it just felt like he was always falling down. And, And I think that that may you know, that may play a role. That footwork may play a part in that. And uh, I'm excited to see what Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski can do for this offense, because I think if the Browns are going to have any kind of identity, it's going to come from the running game. And I think that's going to do a couple of different things. Uh, A it's the AFC North. Uh, It gets cold here in the winter, man. Uh, You guys know, it's not really easy to throw the ball on Lake Erie in you know, November, December, uh january it's it's not that's a tall order man to be able to you know to have a vertical offense i mean you've got guys like you know obj that can stretch the field and jarvis landry who you know can occupy the middle and and kind of let you do some things over top that's that's fine in september october uh beginning of november it's still 50 degrees you can throw the ball a little bit but man you know you get a good wind coming off a of lake area on one of these home games and it's 30 degrees you know, the wind is down around five below. You got a 40 mile an hour wind coming off the lake. Uh, good luck getting vertical, man. You got to be able to run the football. And I think with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, the Browns are going to find a way to do that. I know the offensive line is, uh, you know, it's a little banged up. Um, you know, it's not quite what it was when we you know when you had Alex Mack and Joe Thomas out there patrolling. But uh, I think they can find a way to you know, work around some of those deficiencies and, and you got maybe go to a zone blocking scheme. You did. You find a way when you've got talent like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Uh, and, and and that's going to do another thing for Baker Mayfield. It's going to allow him to do what I feel uh, he was very, very strong in uh, his first and, and, and at times his second year uh, is throw out of the play action. I think that when you have a good, solid running game and you can at least make a corner or a safety think twice about, you know, having to come down and defend against the run. Um, you know, again, you can get over top. You can uh, even you know, pull linebackers in and, and give yourself some room to throw over the middle. Uh, a lot of things you can do when you have a good solid running game out of the play action. And I think that's going to be a strength for the Browns. And I think that um, I shouldn't say, I think, I hope that Kevin Stavansky and Alex Van Pelt know that. I will say I think they do. I think they get that. Um, I think that's the identity. I think that's where you where where your bread and butter is. If you're the Browns, especially initially, Um, and that does things eventually. Like you know, it's going to spread the field for OBJ. Going to give Jarvis Landry room to patrol over the middle. Uh, Like I said, if you can pull a middle linebacker in and give Landry a couple extra room, a couple extra yards to slide, you know into the middle of the field and, and catch a couple slants. I mean, he's a guy that can catch it and go. And I'm really excited to see what these guys look like now that they're healthy. I mean, they've, they both had a couple of surgeries in the off season, uh, fixed a couple of little nagging things up that, you know, I, I don't think the average person, uh, you and I either saying this or listening to this could play any sport at almost any level with, uh, you know, an abdominal injury. The, I, I just, a core injury is so debilitating. And it just goes to show you how good a shape these guys are in. And now that they're healthy, I'm, I'm super excited to see uh, exactly what they do on the field, you know, because I think it's time to put it all together on the field and listen, it may not happen. And we, and, and uh, well, certainly won't happen in week one. You're not gonna make the playoffs, but it may not happen in year one where the Browns come out and, you know, 12 and four, 13 and three, win the division, uh, you know, sweep the Ravens, sweep the Steelers, sweep the Bengals. I don't know how the Bengals are going to be. They have Joe Burrow down there. That's all I know. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that they've improved greatly. I don't expect them to do anything, uh, major as far as, you know, taking a major leap and, and getting into the playoffs here. Year one, uh, the Steelers could be better with Roethlisberger back, but he's 150 years old. You know, um, who knows what you're going to see out of him. I know everyone says he's motivated and slimmed down and ready to go, but I'll, fine. I mean, show me, I'll believe it when I see it. That's, I'm, you know, it's fine. I think the Ravens are the class of this division. Um Lamar Jackson is unbelievable. Uh, he's fun to watch. And I think the Browns, uh, at least, you know, can be on that level offensively. I mean, I don't think Baker Mayfield's ever going to be that, you know, electric quarterback that Lamar Jackson is, but I think that uh, he's got enough uh, playmakers in that offense that if he can find a way to just stay on his feet and distribute the ball, they'll be fine. They'll be just fine. Um, now I, I, you know, I want to save my, my Browns talk until we know a little more about, um, Mac Wilson's injury and about what we're going to do in the, the defensive secondary and if they're going to pick up a linebacker. But I want to talk about something else that happened uh, within the last week in baseball. I want to get back to baseball for a minute. I'm sure everybody saw and I'm sure everybody has an opinion again. You know, let me know, tweet me, uh, tweet at me at real Chad, Bryan on Twitter. You can find me there. Um, I want to hear from you. I, I I want to hear what you guys think. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr okay. The Padres are, are playing the Rangers and the Padres are up 10 to three. Uh, they're up by a touchdown, you know, it's late in the game. And, uh, Tatis is, is, um, he's worked a three Oh count to his advantage. And he, he gets a fastball out over the, you know, out over the outside third of the plate, uh, about waist high. Uh, you know, obviously he's a strong enough kid. He can drive at the opposite field. So he throws his barrel at it and, you know, hits a line drive out for a grand slam. Uh, personally I didn't think it was anything too egregious uh Texas immediately um upset uh the Rangers were absolutely immediately upset um I don't know if you guys saw any of this Uh, there was a lot of talk uh it's it Chris Woodward is a guy who I feel uh, I want to say he knows better um I just was surprised that the Rangers were so upset about this. I, I get it. Listen, I, I'm going to talk about something that I just don't really love. I, I think that. Okay. So, baseball's unwritten rules. Um, I get it. I understand it. I've played baseball for years. Um, I, I understand the unwritten rules. I, I get certain ones. I think some of them are just so silly. And you know, there, there's a pretty good article, um, on MLB.com. It's from Anthony Castro Vince. Uh, this is from a little over a week ago, just, uh, from August 18th. He kind of talks about the unwritten rules and I, and I kind of want to take a look at them with him. He kind of lists some of them out. Um, I don't know if that's like a taboo thing. You know, you wrote the unwritten rules. Like, are you cursed now? How's that work? Um, yeah, you know, baseball's a, a we're, we're a funny lot, man. Baseball players are are extremely superstitious. So, I don't know. You write the unrule unwritten rules out, eh, maybe maybe you're cursed now. I don't know how that works. Um but yeah, I think, you know, the main one here is, you know, don't steal bases, uh, don't swing at a 3-0 pitch, don't uh, you know, run up the score when you're ahead by a large margin. But what I yeah, I'm confused. What what's running up the score anymore? Um We're at a place in baseball right now where runs aren't necessarily being scored at a historic rate but I'll tell you man they're the highest they've been since the steroid era uh as, as far as, as you, if you look at like you know all stats um you know just uh, all offensive stats per team per game uh the basic ones that I'm looking at right now and you can look this up on baseballreference.com uh runs per game across the league okay it's higher than it's been. Uh, and, and this year is a little bit of an anomaly. It's, it's high. Uh, but last year, 4.83 runs per game per team. Okay. Um, that 4.83 runs per game is as high as it's been since 2006, uh, where teams scored at a clip of 4.86 runs per game. Okay. And that's significant because I think 2006 was about the end of that was the time when baseball was kind of saying like, okay, this is, this is enough. I mean, you know, Barry Bonds was Uh, you know, he, the assault on the home run record. Um, I don't know. You can say what you want about Barry bonds in my mind. I don't know. This, I don't know. It's probably gonna be controversial, but, um, you know, I, I think Hank Aaron is the home run King. I, you know, I know bonds was doing whatever he was doing and uh, you know, 2006 or whatever, he was just at the tail end of his career and and kind of going for that all-time home run record. But the 73 home runs in 2001, I think is just the epitome of what was going on back then. Um, and then that leveled off. I mean, there was a point where, you know, runs per game almost dipped under, you know, four and almost three, you know, 3.9 runs per game at 4.07 in 2014. So supposedly, you know, pitching was at an all-time high. And then something happened in the last couple of years where a lot of pitchers have been saying like, hey, you know, the ball is a little bit different and we've got launch angle you know it's that's a new thing now everybody you know is concerned about launch angle and and baseball has become this game of you know three main outcomes it's either a home run a strikeout or a walk and and that's it um you know gone are the guys like ozzy smith who were just defensive specialists and singles hitters who you know. Just, you know, we're really good at getting on base, big situations. Um, you know, guys like Tony Gwynn, uh, aren't really in the league anymore. Uh, Tony Gwynn is probably my favorite hitter. Uh, and, and not because, you know, he was flash, obviously didn't hit a lot of home runs, but I just, I loved watching Tony Gwynn because he, man, he just didn't give up in at bat ever. I mean, not once in his career did Gwynn ever just go out there and just give up in at bat. I mean, he was tough, man, every single pitch. Um, I know when I pitched, it was always just—it was so aggravating to go against those guys that just never swung and missed, and Gwynn just never swung and missed. I mean, you could completely fool him, and he would keep his hands back, and at the very least, you know, fight off the pitch, foul off, and 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 see another one for himself. I mean, he just always put himself in great hitting situations. Um, but I—I I, I say that to say this: I we're at a point now in baseball where, um, you know, last year. 2019 teams hit 1.39 home runs per game. That's the highest it's ever been in baseball. All right. Teams are scoring runs at, you know, a record clip Uh, to me, 10 to three is not the time to stop playing baseball. Uh, I think it's ridiculous to insinuate that because a guy swings on a three Oh pitch and hits a grand slam to put him up 14 to three in a game. Um, how is that? That's to me, that's not running up the score. To me, it's disrespectful to say that, okay, well, Hey, I'm up by 10, eight, whatever, seven runs on my opponent. My opponent's not good enough to come back. I'm going to stop trying to score. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to treat you like children now. And you know, we're not going to steal any bases. If I hit a double in the gap and it's questionable, I'm just going to stand here on second while your outfielder fumbles with the ball and can't pick it up. I won't take third because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Because God knows, I don't want a pitcher to stand out there and get upset with me and then throw a baseball at my guy because I took an extra base because your left fielder can't pip, can't pick the ball up in the corner. Uh, it drives me crazy some of these unwritten rules. I, you know, don't don't enjoy a home run by all means. You know, if you're a player, especially a young player, my God, man, you hit a big home run in a game. Put your bat down, put your head down, run the bases, and you know, I don't know. I don't know. Act like your car just died. You got to be upset now. You can't, you can't upset the pitcher. Meanwhile, okay, I don't know if you've ever seen a relief pitcher come in and strike out a guy. Uh, they might be up seven runs in the sixth inning with nobody on base. They come out with two outs and strike out a guy. And, and, and guys are having like sanctioned seizures on the mound. I mean, we're doing, you know, jujitsu on the mound because we struck out a guy in a seven-run game. But if a guy hits a home run, forget that. Drop your bat. Act like you've been there. Don't show me up. What are pitchers doing? What are we doing anymore? I mean, how? listen, if you throw a fastball at, you know, 95 miles an hour over the outside third of the plate, and I know 95 sounds, you know, crazy impressive. It is. I mean, it's not everybody can throw 90. I've never thrown 95. But guys in the major leagues can hit that, man. You can't just lay a ball over the outside of the plate and then look at a guy like, hey, what are you doing? You weren't supposed to hit. That was supposed to be my strike. You hurt my feelings. You know, and don't enjoy your home run. What are, you, what are you smiling for? Put your head down. Act like you're upset you just hit that home run. Come on, man. Act like you've been there before. That's ridiculous to me. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, another one, and I don't, you know, I've never really heard this one coming into play, but uh, one unwritten rule that Anthony Castro here has listed, uh, don't swing at the first pitch after the pitcher has allowed back-to-back home runs. I'm not even going to comment. That's just so stupid. I mean, come on. Really? I mean, I, if you're laying fastballs up here and guys are just crushing the ball, guess what, man? I'm getting in on that if I'm a hitter. I'm going I'm to hit the ball. It's my job. I'm a hitter, okay? It's my job to hit the ball. It's my job to get on base and to give my team a chance to score runs. I'm not going to cater to you because you're having a bad day or you're hungry or something and you you know, you know, need a Snickers on the mound. I don't know what your problem I, Throw better pitches. I mean, I, I gave up plenty of home runs in my baseball career. Okay. Not one time was I ever mad at the guy that hit it. I just, I don't care. Enjoy the home run, whatever, throw your bat. I mean, take your helmet off and punt it. Like you're, I don't care, man. I whatever. Enjoy it. Have fun. You hit a home run, man. It doesn't happen every at bat. I know some fans think it should. Some fans think guys should hit a home. run. You pay this guy $20 million. You can't hit a home run when you need a home run. Um, enjoy it, man. Who cares? Enjoy the home run. Pimp the home run. Flip your bat. Look at your teammates. I don't care. Have some kind of cool celebration. Whatever. Make the game fun. Have fun. I mean, for God's sake, have fun. I mean, baseball is so buttoned up and so it can't get out of its own way. The commissioner is terrible. Uh, you know, we've, we've got guys yelling at guys. These, I mean, these are the most electric guys we've seen come into baseball in 15 to 20 years. And, you know... My God, Ronald Acuna takes so much heat in Atlanta because you know, he didn't hustle out one play. I mean, he's 20 years old and the guy made a mistake. Get off his back. I mean, he's never going to hear the end of it. You look at social media, they're all over him. You know, I mean, a guy like Tatis hits a grand slam and now nah, nah, the Rangers are going to throw at Manny Machado. Get out of here. First of all, Machado didn't even do it. I hate this stuff. Like, oh, if your guy does something, we're going we're to hit your superstar. That's that's great. Why don't you end a guy's, why don't you end a guy's season because of a home run? Because your pitcher threw a three zero fastball over the middle of the plate, and my guy's electric enough. He threw, he, he puts his barrel on the ball, hits a grand slam. We score four runs. Now you are gonna hit, you are gonna hit my superstar. You gonna hit Machado and hurt him? Stupid. It's just stupid to me. It's just, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, don't show up your opponent. Yeah, okay, I, I get that. I mean, I. You know, I have a problem with guys who hit a home run and then yell something disrespectful to the pitcher. I, I don't have a problem with you celebrating the home run, but I mean, okay, I'm I'm fine with don't show up your opponent. I think that's important. Um, don't show up your fielders. I think that's kind of a good one. Um, you know, when a guy makes an error, misjudges a fly ball, whatever it is, I mean, I think there are conversations that you can have. You know, as a pitcher uh, or as another player, there they're, you know you can have those conversations in the clubhouse away from the public eye um if you if need be um obviously you know that when you play baseball it's it's a game i mean things happen mistakes happen guys are going to make physical errors uh, you, you can't avoid that but um you know if you do deem it necessary to have those kinds of conversations then sure i mean have them away from the public eye I, i'm for that uh you know and again i I'm, i i get the I, I don't get throwing at guys for everything um, as a pitcher, I do understand protecting your teammates. If you hit my guy, we're going to hit yours. Okay. I, it's kind of barbaric. I mean, like as Kester Anthony Kester even says in the article, yeah, it's a little barbaric, but it's, it kind of is what it is. I mean, you've got to have a way to protect guys. You can't have, you know, one pitcher just going crazy, hitting five guys in a game. And your pitcher goes, eh, well, you know, I want to hit a guy. I want to hurt a guy. Okay. You got to do something there, but I don't, I do not believe in hitting guys for home runs. I think it's ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, just certain things. Uh, <laughs> the funny one, don't step on the pitcher's mats for field, uh, you know, for other fielders, for non pitchers. Um, we are a little weird about guys running over the mound, you know, uh, go go around the mound. Uh, it doesn't make sense. I get it. It's weird. Uh, that's one that I agree with. That's a really weird one that for some reason I, I'm, I'm on the side of that unwritten rule. Don't step on my mound. Just I only want my cleat marks and the other guy's cleat marks out here. Just go around, please go around. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, don't talk about a no hitter in progress I think that's silly um, you know I've lost plenty of no hitters late in games uh, I've had plenty of people bring them up it's like I don't know I'm throwing a no hitter everybody knows it uh, I, I think it's kind of silly to not talk about it's whatever I don't think that's a big deal uh, don't bunt to break up a no hitter eh, I think that depends what, what's the situation I mean is it one, nothing in the eighth or ninth inning? Do I need to run? Am I the fastest guy on the team? I might try to bunt for a single. Sorry. Um, you know, maybe if I'm the Orioles and I'm, you know, 35 and 92 or something uh, and somebody's, you know, spinning a no hitter, I, I don't send a guy out there to bunt to, to try to, you know, to break it up. But then again, I mean, when do you start and stop trying to win games? I mean, just because you're losing, um, you know, a lot of games and you're out of it for the season. Do you just let a guy throw a no hitter? Because again, we don't want to hurt a pitcher's feelings, right? Um Listen, if I'm throwing a no, no. And a guy bunts, uh, we're up one, two to nothing. A guy bunts for a single. I mean, Hey, that's part of the game. I better come off the mound and make a play, right? I mean, if I want to throw my no hitter, I better go make a play or I, or I better hope my third baseman makes a play or whoever. I mean, I, that's part of baseball. Um, can't score if you don't get guys on base. I mean, you can hit a bunch of home runs. That's what we're doing now. But you know, if if a game's going the way that obviously that game is and you're getting no hit, you might want to try to get somebody on base to score a run. I have no problem with bunting to break up a no-hitter in that situation. Uh if it's 14 to nothing, eh, I mean, yeah, it's maybe not a great look to bunt to break up a no-hitter, but again, you're the hitter. It's your job to get on base. You know, whatever you deem necessary to do that, I I what am I gonna say? It's I'm the pitcher, it's my job to get you out. You know, there's all kinds of stuff I can do to counteract a bunt. I mean, you squared a bunt. I throw the ball up in the zone to try to make it tough for you. I mean, you know, what do I do? Just stop because you hurt my feelings. I don't know. I don't get that one. Um, like I said, I'm kind of, I guess I get it. I don't know. I'm just kind of on both sides of it. Um, never make the first or third out of the inning at third base. I don't know if that's an unwritten rule. I mean, it's not really a rule, but it's just sort of like, hey, you don't want to, you know, kill a rally. Uh You know, you make the first or third out at third. It's you had a runner in scoring position there. You know why? Why risk it? I don't know if that's really an unwritten rule. I'm not sure. Uh, You know, there's some other ones. Uh, Most of them are strategic. Uh, This one: don't yell anything when an opposing fielder is trying to catch a ball. I think we all did that when we were little. You know, the whole dugout and all pop ups like I got it, I got it. You try to get the guy to back off. Whatever. Um, That's kind of bush league. Um, there's this unwritten rule that, um, you know, the center fielder kind of makes every play that they're in range of. Um, I don't know. I I think it depends on, uh, I don't think that's like an ego thing for center fielders. I think that was started as, uh, you know, obviously the center fielder is going to have the best, um, you know, angle Uh, when they make a catch, they're going to have the best look at the field. They're going to have the best, uh just leverage, you know, for any throw that they need to make they're they're already facing, you know, they're in the middle of the field, kind of facing the middle of the field. So that's, I think that's where that came from. I don't think that's really um, one that we need to get too crazy about. Um, And, you know, one that I like that he has here uh, for adult fans, if you catch a foul ball, give it to a nearby kid. I love that one. Uh, That's great, man. Um, you know, obviously you may have kids at home that, you know, maybe they're not at the game you want to take it home and give it to your kid. That's fine too. Uh, I'm not going to judge anyone for holding on to a foul ball, but you know, I do get a little um my blood boils a little bit when I see these videos of adults fighting kids for a baseball. Uh, you know, at a major league game. Obviously, we don't have that problem this year because it's it's 2020 and we have, you know, COVID-19 crowds which uh you know, maybe we're used to seeing in the likes of uh Tampa Bay or Florida, but you know, not everywhere. But yeah, it's it's tough to turn on a baseball game and see nobody out there. At least I guess at least the good point is I don't I don't have to see an adult fighting a kid for a ball. That really, like I said, that makes my blood boil. Um, man, look, if you want a baseball, go online. Uh Dick's Sporting Goods sells them. I think they're 10, 12 bucks. Order a major league baseball. I mean, my God, don't fight a little kid. I mean, that is like the world to a little kid, you know, I'm, I'm 41 years old, never caught a ball ever at a major league baseball game. Never. Um, never even touched a foul ball or a home run at a major league baseball game. Never even been close. Uh, you know, I can't see me being so excited about touching a baseball that I would physically wrestle it away from a child. I, I just, I don't understand. I see these videos all the time. It just makes me cringe. What are you doing? like, What are you doing with that ball? You know what I mean? Why is that baseball so important to you? Like, I I get it. It's a sport. We're all enamored with athletes. And, you know, to be a part of the game is so cool, man. You get a foul ball at a game. That's awesome. Uh, But you're an adult. Think of how much more awesome it is for the little kid that, you know, he doesn't know that baseball is a business yet. Uh, He he doesn't know that, you know, his favorite player is going to leave in two years because, you know, the Yankees could offer him more money uh, he doesn't know that, you know, his team's going to have to trade his favorite player away in a season and a half because they, they can't afford to resign him. And they, oh my God, they got to get something for him, right? You got to get some kind of return. You got to get some prospects who, you know, this kid's probably never heard of, and it's going to crush him. Um, uh, let him have the foul ball, let him have the home run, give him the ball. I mean, my God, if you really want to keep up the ruse, I mean, just order a ball off of Dick's sporting goods and, and go out and you know, hit it a couple of times with a wood bat or something, but hey, look at this ball I caught it at the Indians game. Ooh, who cares? You know what I mean? Give it to the kid. You ever seen a kid's face when they get a ball at a game when someone gives them it makes their whole life. I mean, the smile, the smile just lights up the whole stadium, man. Isn't that worth it? I think that's worth it. Uh, but that's it. I mean, for the unwritten rules, I think um I think I've covered plenty of that. Uh so again, I mean, in closing. If by some reason, Fernando Tatis Jr. listens to my podcast, uh, which I'm sure he does, I'm sure he's an absolutely huge fan, especially because this is the first episode and I know that he's been waiting with bated breath for this to come out. Um, Keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, I I would suggest to any players in the major leagues, just have fun. Um, I I think Bryce Harper takes a lot of unnecessary heat uh, for a guy who he's never been in trouble. What has Bryce Harper ever done wrong? You know, besides I had a couple of rough years. Okay. It's not easy to hit a baseball. I don't know if you know that or not. It's not easy. Um, I don't think fans realize sometimes too, players can play with a nagging injury for a season or two or three or four. Um, and, and it's it's like really easy to as a fan, well, just get fixed in the offseason. What are you doing? You got all these millions of dollars. Get fixed. Things don't work like that. You can have a surgery and the and the injury still lingers. Uh, especially, you know. Soft tissue, man. You pull a hamstring, you pull an oblique, it goes all the time. Guys, wrists are bad. You know how hard it is to swing a baseball bat? I mean, you no, know, I mean, physically demanding it is on your body. I mean, it hurts. You know what I mean? It hurts from your feet up, man, all the way down to your wrists. I mean, sometimes your neck. Um, you hurt everything, you know. And guys have these lingering injuries that. You know, when a ball is coming in at 95, 96, 100 miles an hour, if you're not 100% healthy, man, it's really, really tough to hit it. It's tough to have your timing there. And it's just, it's not easy. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, just have fun. Uh, enjoy your home runs, whatever. Flip the bat. Who cares? I mean, how is this offending anybody to the point where we're really getting this upset about it in baseball? I mean, who, who does it offend if somebody hits a home run and tosses their bat away because they're happy? Guys can't be happy anymore. I mean, come on. Like I said, watch the video. I mean, go YouTube it. I mean, just, you know, watch watch hitters when they hit home runs and, and watch pitchers when they strike out guys late in the game. What's the difference? You know, a pitcher can, I mean, you basically, I mean, you're, you're doing the Ozzy Smith backflip coming off the field. You're kicking, you know, throwing punches in the air. I mean, what? I just, I don't understand why it's okay for one position and not for the other. Um, and, and, you know, you think I'd be biased. You think I'd be on the side of pitchers here. I, I pitched for years, um, man, enjoy your home runs, enjoy life. Just have fun. Flip your bat. You know what I mean? Whatever. Run your helmet off when you're, when you're running around the bases, unless you're, you know, in a youth league where they, where they kick you out for that. Don't do that. Don't make an out because you listen to me. Um, But, you know, sometimes in the major leagues, guys flip their helmets off before they score. They don't want to get beat up, you know, and guys bang on your helmet when you get in there with your helmet on. Have fun, man. Just have fun. Make baseball fun again. You know what I mean? Remember that hat that uh, Bryce Harper wore? Make baseball fun again. Um, Guys, I think that's all the time I have on this episode, the first episode of Violet's Dad's Podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, Again, you can find me on Twitter at Real Chad Bryan. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well at real Chad, Brian, um, haven't done much with that yet. I'm just kind of starting it out, but yeah, find me on Twitter at real Chad, Brian at me. Um, if you listen to the show, tell me if you loved it, tell me if you hated it. Uh, just let me know that you listened. Um, let me know how you found it. I mean, did, did I tell you about it? Did you just run across it? Uh, you know, did you see my SoundCloud profile or something? Did you listen uh, read a tweet that I, you know, Typed and oh, this guy's a SoundCloud. wow, look at this. He has a podcast. I'll listen to it. Okay, that was terrible. Um, did you at least like the part with my daughter? I mean, tell me that. I, I think that's probably, you know, the, the best part of the podcast. I mean, listen to me roll on for an hour about, you know, all this stuff is is whatever. But yeah, tell me, did you like the part with my daughter? Um, you know, I, I plan on having some things uh on the show coming up for you guys. I want to have some guests in. Um, I want to talk about different things. I mean, I don't want to just talk about the nuts and bolts of you know a sports story i want to get in a little bit deeper than that i want to talk about like some of these things that that make sports run like the psychology of sports um you know uh the recovery from an injury uh how how it makes the difference and you know uh what your mindset is um you know what makes guys go all the way across the country to, to, to play football at a certain school or you know, what makes guys want to stay home or, you know, again, the psychology of sports, you know. Uh, I feel like if you're not prepared for whatever your challenge is, uh, whether it's, you know, winning a game, winning a championship, coming back from an injury. Uh, if you're not mentally prepared, you don't have a, a plan or a goal in mind. It can be very, very difficult. So I think that that's, um, you know, just like any other area of life. I feel like right away uh, with an injury or, you know. You get signed to a new team, whatever it is. There's that psychology. There's that plan. There's that okay. Here's the five step, the ten step, the three step plan that we need to execute to get to where we want to be. Where do we want to be? What's the end goal? I don't know. Differs. It varies. Um, What are the steps? Obviously, they vary as well. But I kind of want to get into um, into some of that in in the next couple of episodes, and and I hope to have some really good guests on for you guys. Um, But again, I want to thank you so much for listening. This has been episode one of Violet's Dad's podcast. Uh, hopefully soon, you know, I'll, I'll have the video up. Uh, You can get a little, you know, video fix. If you really want to see, you know, uh, what I look like when I'm, when I'm over here ranting about sports, you can watch me. Uh, hopefully I'll have those up on YouTube soon. Um, you know, we may do some live stream type shows, uh, something big happens. Maybe I'll go on like breaking news or something. I'll notify everybody once I finally have listeners, but yes, please. Like I said, please tweet at me at real Chad, let me know how you found my show. Let me know if you loved it, hated it. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Just tell me what you think. Any any suggestions? Things you want to hear me talk about? Things that might make the show better? Um, you know, little segments that I could do that that might grab attention? Uh, just whatever. Let me know what you want to hear. Uh, that's at Real Chad Brian. And again, this is uh, this has been Violet's Dad's podcast. This was episode one. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I'll see you guys next time. Hey, guys, thanks again so much for listening to the show. Uh, this has been the first episode of Violet's Dad's podcast. Uh, next week on the show, we will revisit the question, is it okay to throw up on your dog's head? Is it okay to throw up on dogs? Is it not? Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll open a discussion up. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me again on Instagram and Twitter at Real Chad uh, Please follow me. Please you know, let me know what you thought of the show. Uh, tell me what you want to hear about in the future, and I hope this can be a thing that lasts uh, for quite some time, and I hope we have a lot of fun. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day, guys. Uh,
1: it's me and Daddy here. I know we're staying inside, but people, you can't just get everyone sick. It's not okay. I don't like it at all. Okay? Really? Okay. We love you! Yes, we do!